If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Pasha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Pasha, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, wonderful Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you again, to spend a little while to talk about the Parsha, to talk about the special Parsha, to talk about what makes this Shabbos so very special. Different than every other Shabbos, because once again we are blessed. The Shabbos we take out another, a second Sefer Torah for the very special Shabbos that it is. It's Shabbos HaChodesh, the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. The Shabbos when we bless the month of Nisan is called Shabbos HaChodesh. We read the portion dealing with the very special mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people while they were still in the land of Mitzrayim, in the land of Egypt, they were given the mitzvah of sanctifying the new month every single month. We'll talk about that soon. This is called Shabbos HaChodesh, Shabbat HaChodesh. We take out a second Torah, we read a special Haftarah. It's Shabbos HaChodesh, as mentioned before. We bless the month of Nisan. The month of Nisan, of course, brings to mind immediately what is Nisan all about? Containing the festival of Pesach. From Sunday exactly two weeks. Two weeks exactly is the festival of Pesach. This year we have the interesting and special date structure that Erev Pesach comes out on Shabbos. We'll talk about that closer to the time. A very interesting combination of factors. But this Shabbos we bless the new month of Nisan. And the new month of Nisan is special because it's the first month of all the months of the year. The beginning of the year, the year structure, of course, is Tishrei and Rosh Hashanah. But the new month, the beginning of the month, Nisan. And Nisan, of course, connects us to the whole idea of Nisim, which means miracles. It's a time that we consider, we think about miracles, what it means in our lives, how it applies what, in fact, it suggests. It's also Chazak. We come to the end of the second book, the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus. We conclude the book that speaks to us about Exodus, that speaks to us about Yitziat Mitzrayim, leaving Egypt, just as we celebrate on Pesach, the festival of liberation. We celebrate Yitziat Mitzrayim, the book of Exodus, by and large, speaks to us about that great and wonderful experience of the Jewish people leaving hundreds of years of slavery, marching out as a proud and powerful nation. And as we come to the end of the Parsha, well, two Parshas are also explained, we come to the end of the Parsha, we call out together, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazek, let us be strong, let us be strong. Let us strengthen each other. And to strengthen ourselves, to strengthen each other, this is one of the great requirements when we come to the conclusion of any of the five books of the Torah. Because the Torah gives us chizuk, the Torah gives us strength. But sometimes we don't recognize it as such. We are so involved with the study of Torah. We are so involved in trying to somehow derive from the words of Torah meaning, to derive from the words of Torah instruction and guidance, that we somehow forget 
for a moment that this is chizuk, this is strength, and each and every one of us, we need that strength. We come to the end of a book, we pause for a moment, and we stand up and we shout out, chazak, chazak. We have to be strong, not only strong, but a double strength. And as I've mentioned a number of times, any time we say something twice, any time there's a repetition, chazak, chazak, it's not only twice the amount of strength, it's an infinite amount of strength. And what kind of strength is it? Not only a personal, not only subjective, not only a self-strength, but we try to strengthen each other because we know when there is strength within ourselves as a community, as a larger and greater community, we have true strength. And this year as well, we have two parashiyot, Vayakela today. Sometimes they are separated. Sometimes we read Vayakel and Pukidei independently as two separate parshas. But this year, they come together, and all these things come together this Shabbos. And we have to stop for a moment, too, to consider what, in fact, is the connection between all these things. As you've heard me say so many times, when Torah ideas come together, there is a relationship. There is not only an undercurrent of unity, there has to be a clarity of unity. All these things actually reflect and suggest a similar concept, a similar idea. How does it all begin? It's the Parsha of Bayakel, the Parsha of Pekude. What in fact is it? It's a Parsha that talks to us about, when we take a look at it at first glance, a repetition of Terumah and the instructions of what was needed, the items that were needed in order to build the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the wilderness, and to make the holy garments for the Kohanim, for the priests. And we've often spoken about what was it necessary, why was it necessary to repeat in such detail the fact that we already spoke about it in the Parsha of Truman Tetzaveh. And as we've said often in Truma and Tetzara, we spoke about it in concept. Now we talk about it in practicality. And very often between concept and application, between idea and implementation, there is a huge gap. Torah is emphasizing from the idea till the actual building. Every single detail followed, followed suit. It was clear. It was continuous. It was one long, continuous line. It was clear and connected. But let's get back to the idea. What, in fact, is taking place? The idea of HaChodesh, the idea of this mitzvah, of blessing the new month, the idea of blessing the month of Nisan, the idea of Chazak, the idea of these two parashiyot coming together, what is it really all about? What, in fact, is taking place? And we have to take a look at each one of these two parashiyot to get some insight, to get an idea, to get an idea what, in fact, is actually taking place. What is taking place is that Moshe is telling the Jewish people, God has forgiven you for the sin of the golden calf. And he is showing the fact that he's forgiven you, not only by presenting you with a second set of luchot, a second set of tablets, 
the Ten Commandments, but he's also giving you the incredible privilege of being involved in building the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And Moshe was a man of great, great spirituality. And he had this tremendous desire to communicate to the Jewish people his own passion, his own feeling, his own spiritual greatness, so that they too could reach that level of greatness in order to build the Mishkan with a full and complete heart, in order to acknowledge and show appreciation to God Almighty for having forgiven them. This is what these two parshiot are all about. And we have to look at the parsha. And we have to look at the words and try to understand how Moshe accomplished that, how the Jewish people responded in the parashiyot of Vayakel and Pikudei. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. Moshe has to communicate to the Jewish people that not only do they have to build a dwelling place for God, but they have to somehow communicate in that building the fact that they have understood what they've done wrong, that they have repented fully and completely, and appreciate deeply, acknowledge the fact that God has forgiven them. And Moshe has this vision of this incredible Mishkan, of this incredible tabernacle, that they will build in the wilderness. The question is, how is he going to communicate that to the Jewish people? And the answer is, in the very first word of the Parsha, which in fact becomes the name of the Parsha. And as we've often said, the name of the Parsha contains within it every single detail of the Parsha. And what's that word, Vayakya? That Moshe assembles, he gathers together all the Jewish people. Moshe tells the Jewish people that first and foremost, in order to build a house for God, in order to indicate that a community is ready and prepared to show their sense of devotion and loyalty, of repentance, of preparedness to build a house for God, there has to be a sense of absolute unity. Because within unity, there will be holiness. When there's fragmentation, when there is division, when there is difference of opinion in an unhealthy way, when there is argument, that will lead to confusion. That will lead to all sorts of negative types of behavior. Well, people will justify all sorts of negative type of behavior. But when there is unity and understanding that there is a central calling, there is a central code, there is a set of commandments that everyone, young and old, men, women, everyone is obligated to fulfill, this will bring about a sense of discipline. But Moshe doesn't stop there. It's not only the sense of unity which is vital. He reminds them of a very important commandment, a very important mitzvah. Prior to telling them the details 
of actually contributing and building the temple, he reminds them of an important mitzvah. And what mitzvah is that? That's the mitzvah of the observance of Shabbos. He says, six days you shall work, you shall toil, but on the seventh, that will be a holy day dedicated to God, that day you will rest. What is he saying to them? Understand the boundaries that God set up in this world. There are six days and then there is a seventh day. Understand that there are certain things that are permitted. There are certain things that are not permitted. Certain things that are allowed. Certain things that are prohibited. Certain things you may do. Certain things you may not do. What brought about the sin of the golden cow? They justified all sorts of questionable behavior. They forgot the lines, the boundaries, the restrictions that God placed upon them at Sinai. The mitzvah of Shabbos is a constant reminder that there is a very definite line that cannot be crossed. Six days you shall toil. Six days you shall be involved in the world with worldly, secular, mundane activities. When I say mundane, not in the negative sense of the word, but in relationship to Shabbos Monday. But on the seventh day, that's a day of holiness. That's a day that has to be dedicated to God. That's a day where work is not permitted. Even the work of building a temple, even the work of building a house for God, on the seventh day, it is prohibited. This is a line you cannot cross. Moshe is telling the people how to structure their lives, how to dedicate their spirituality in a way that will protect them from making any mistakes in the future. Number one, a sense of unity, non-fragmentation, not dividing themselves, fighting among themselves, arguing in a way which ultimately allows for the justification of not only different attitudes, but different modes of behavior, negative modes of behavior. And at the same time, he speaks about observing the Shabbos, recognizing the boundaries that God set up in the world. What's the name of the second parsha? The second parsha is Pikudei. What is Pikudei? Pikudei is a very detailed account of each and every single item that was used in the construction of the Mishkan. Now what does that mean? Nothing is extra in this world. Nothing is unimportant in this world. Everything has to be accounted. Everything has to be recognized. Everything has a value. Everything is important. Detail is important. Things aren't just there and to be overlooked. Every single detail has to be looked at and has to be understood. There is purpose in every single detail. This is something which is so important for us to understand. When it comes to life, when it comes to time, when it comes to any type of situation, 
It's how we deal with the detail of things, the importance that we place upon each and every single thing, the value that we place even upon that which we consider to be, well, less than significant. Each and every single thing counts. Pick day, account and reckoning of each and every single thing. Moshe is not only telling them how to build a mishka. Moshe is not only telling them how to build a house for God. Of course he is. Moshe is telling them how to structure their lives so that there is growth and development. The entire community, the entire world can become a house for God. But it goes beyond that as well. What is Shabbos all about? Shabbos is recognizing how precious and how important time is. Six days of the week and the seventh is a day for God. What is Pikru Day? The importance of each and every single object, which tells us the preciousness of space. You've often heard me speak about time and space, the building blocks of creation. This is what life is really all about. How do we look at time and space? How do we look at time, which is so central to life? And how do we look at space in which we live? Do we somehow just, well, it's there, we take it for granted. We use it, we abuse it. Or do we see importance in every single moment? Or do we see importance in every single thing? And while it's very difficult to achieve something like that, while it's a huge ask to see how precious every single moment is, how every single thing is, nonetheless, this is what Moshe is trying to teach the people. You're building a house for God. You're building something extraordinary. You're building something which indicates the willingness of God to be revealed in the physical world. You're building something where God is allowing you to partner with him in order to bring about that revelation. This is something that you have to aspire to, to recognize the importance of every moment, to appreciate the value of every single thing. You may not have that now, but at least as an ideal, you see it as a value. At least as something that you want to have. At least as something that you aspire to and toward, that you recognize how precious each and every single moment is. How do we do it? Through Shabbos. It comes the moment of candle lighting. It comes the moment of Shabbos. In that split second, in that moment, everything changes. We move from Chayel. We move from the weekday into a different time reality. And the same thing with space. The same thing with the things around us. We walk from a place that is unholy into a place that's holy. Because we have so dedicated it. We have so made it, we have so shown that through our efforts and appreciation, we've taken 
secular space, transformed it into holy space. We have taken things and made it special. We've taken a piece of leather and we've turned it into a parchment upon which a Torah is written. We've taken a piece of leather and turned it into a pair of tefillin, into a mezuzah. We've taken a physical object and we've made a blessing on it and we use the strength of that food in order to serve God. We've taken the time and space and make a mishkan of the entire world. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. The idea of recognizing the value of time and space, this is what makes life truly meaningful. Nothing is random, nothing is accidental, nothing is unimportant, nothing is just there. What's allowed is allowed. What's prohibited is prohibited. Everything has its place, everything has its purpose, everything has its time. And this, of course, is highlighted this particular Shabbos when we read the special Parsha in the second Torah of HaChodesh, where Moshe is instructed by God to teach the Jewish people about the mitzvah of blessing the new month, the idea that each and every single month there is an opportunity of rebirth when the light reappears, when the new moon reappears, to recognize the fact that time will reappear. It's not lost. It's not gone. Yes, there might be moments of darkness, there might be days of darkness, there might be situations which are overwhelming, there might be situations which sometimes, God forbid, can be crippling, but there will be a rebirth of light, there will be a rebirth of meaningful time. Now, we know time and space are very, very rigid. 60 seconds to a minute, 60 minutes to an hour, 24 hours to a day, etc., etc. There are a thousand meters to a kilometer, etc., etc., etc. Very clearly and well-defined, and so it is in the physical world. But then again, there is a different dimension to time and space where you can expand time, where you can expand space, where somehow you can take a moment and it becomes a lot more than just a moment. It becomes a lot more than 60 seconds. It becomes a lot more than just one minute. You have filled it with something which makes it eternal. You've taken that moment and you've turned it into a lifetime. You've taken a minute and you've made it last forever. You take something which has a very specific shape, occupies a specific amount of space, but how you deal with that object, what you do with that object, you place a huge amount of importance upon it. It becomes something entirely different. Let me give you an example. You take a piece of canvas. 
and you paint the most magnificent picture on that canvas. What was before, well, a piece of canvas, and there was some oil paint on a palette. But through the effort, the creative and spiritual effort that you've put in to that physical object, you have created something of infinite value that will last forever, that will not only give you pleasure, it will give everyone who sees it great pleasure. We have the divine gift of taking physical objects and giving it a soul, of giving it life, of giving it meaning. How much more so when you take something and you give it a spiritual dimension? How much more so when you take something and you show the divine purpose in that thing? This is what HaChodesh is all about. It's not only the reappearance of the moon. It's the recognition that there is always the opportunity of life reappearing, of light reappearing, and light will always overwhelm darkness. And this is so important in the human condition to understand that darkness is limited. The darkness ultimately will be overwhelmed by light, particularly the Chodesh of this month, the month of Nisan, the month that we celebrate Yitziat Mitzrayim, the month that we celebrate the Exodus from Egypt, the month that we celebrate miracle upon miracle upon miracle, the month that we celebrate the birth of our people, the month that we celebrate when the world truly changed. We've seen it. We are witnesses to all of that. When we read these stories, it's not something which is foreign. It's not something which is distant. It's not some, well, well, some story that we read that happened in the distant past. This is our story. We are those that live through this story. We are those that are part and parcel of this great tale. And we can contribute more and more by taking our moments and making them last forever, by taking our things and giving them divine purpose, giving them a different type of life. This is what this Shabbos is all about. It's Vayakel and Pekude. It's the unity. It's the Shabbos. It's the Pekude. It's taking an account and reckoning of each and every single detail. It's HaChodesh, the reappearance of the moon, the recognition of the new month, the recognition of light over darkness. It's Chazak, strengthening ourselves and making each other strong as well. It's a time of great opportunity, a time of great change. So when you're in Shul the Shabbos and you hear all of that read, as I always say, Make it your own story. And if for whatever reason you can't be in shul and you have a chumash at home, read the story slowly and carefully and find your own message within it. Find your own story because there is a personal story in all of it and you will find it if you read it carefully, if you read it with a sense of subjective desire to find yourself within that story. This is a great Shabbos, a double parsha, the Shabbos of Chazak of Spreth, the Shabbos of Ayakel Pekudeh, the Shabbos of HaChodesh. It's also Erev Rosh Chodesh. 
May you have a wonderful Shabbos, a wonderful Chodesh. Good Shabbos and good Chodesh.